2: Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? We welcome you into the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Cole here with you, joined alongside by the WizKid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. What's up, man? The Packers'
4: playoff hopes are alive. They're alive. And I, 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 uh, I want it to happen for two reasons. One, I would love to see the Packers in the playoffs because I'm a fan of the team. And two, my God, what Harmon's tilt over Aaron Rodgers coming back and the Packers sneaking into the playoffs be unbelievable.
5: It's weird because I find myself I was thinking about this as I was walking in this morning, I find myself in such a weird, uh, mixed emotion state of this because as someone that like I mean, I just I wanna watch good football. I'm that is that has very much been my priority throughout my uh entire life as the game as a, a consumer of the game and, and very much so now that it is my job and I, it's what, you know, mm-hmm. sustains my life. Uh like I'd rather enjoy watching these teams as we're watching them. And it would be much better to watch Aaron Rodgers with the Packers but God, I don't, your, your privilege, it's just disgusting. And I, you know, I want more power to the people, not to you, uh, you one percenters up at the top. <laughs> I personally think it would just
4: be, it would make for a fascinating NFC playoffs because we already have so many great teams at the top. You've got the Vikings, the Eagles, the, the Rams, loaded. the Saints. Loaded. And then you know what? Let's just let's just drop an Aaron Rodgers bomb in there in the sixth seed and see what the hell
5: happens. Of course it would be wonderful. That's Do you not guys good. notice It would it make like... Viking fans so mad. So mad. <laughs> <laughs> they would be so they would be tilting, especially That's... when they when the Packers go farther than them in the playoffs.
4: <laughs>
2: Do you yeah. guys notice the different tenor in Alex Gilhar's voice this week as compared to last week? Hmm. I a little, mean a little more uppity? You know? You know what I'm saying? Well, last week oh, I was like seven hours removed. I I bring up – oh, last week I bring up Aaron Rodgers potentially coming back for week 15. Well, just get, s- oh, just gets saying.
4: slammed. For the sake of Slam. Fantasy. You brought it up. We were like three weeks away from him playing. He hadn't even practiced. Like, should we add him? No. Yeah. Of course I'm going to get uh-huh. upset about that. That's, yeah, that's, that's uh, crazy. Yeah,
5: it's true. an emotional roller. Coaster. I see. The Brett Hundley experience, like it is an emotional <laughs> right. roller coaster. Right.
4: For some some reason, he threw like 88 passing yards in a win yesterday. Amazing. His um,
5: his average amazing. completion went 1.4 yards in the air. That's uh, that's bad. 1.4. It's not great. We that's got, like- <laughs> I could do that. We have uh, the franchise Matt
3: Franciscovich in the building. What's up? That's yo like yo. Four and a half I, feet. I had fun watching football yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. It was a good day of football. I think. A lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm out of the playoffs in my league of records, so I'm not stressing every Sunday. Now you're just like, watching. Oh, now I'm just, yeah. you know, I'm still invested in a lot of leagues, but that one matters the most to right. me. So sure. I can kind of sit back and enjoy the games a little more.
5: I like it. Matt yeah. Harmon, what's up? Not much. I'm Like I said, I'm enjoying the, I'm, I'm with Franchise. It was a good Sunday of football yeah. yesterday, and uh, yeah, cool, cool stuff. I like it. Producer Kiss, what's going on, pal?
1: Good morning, guys. Chargers win!
5: <laughs> 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 knock on wood. Wow! Knock on wood. What is the, what is the knock on wood thing? I don't, I don't that's know. What, that's one what of money his...
1: does when they score, and it's it's just fantastic.
5: But why does he? Why does he say that? Because they'll because they'll eventually screw themselves in the end. No, I, I think. Oh, I think, oh, Wow. Well, that, no, that no, was they Amber. have a long history I mean, of doing that. Yeah. Don't attack I mean,
1: Harmon. This saying, is a this is just, a new wow. this is a new era. But I think uh, money and Petros. I think they had some sort of joke with the song on, like, what was his catchphrase going to be when they scored a touchdown. Uh-huh. I think it was that, that knock on wood, thunder, lightning. Yeah. You know, oh, so I uh, think I think that's where it originated okay, from. Okay. You have to, you'd have to double check with money.
5: I like my explanation for it. <laughs> 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 they scored knock on wood. I hope they don't screw themselves out of this game again. I do,
4: I do feel like <laughs> I really want the Chargers to make the playoffs, and I know we were talking about it one time about wanting them to get in there and potentially be a team that could knock off the Patriots or something because they yes. got a great pass rush, but, like, God, my I, like, have no rooting interest in the Chargers, but my heart, like, starts beating heavily when I think about, like, yeah. they're going to mess this up in Week 17 somehow. Yeah. Like, it's going to be just the most chargery thing to ever happen to the Chargers. I, I, anytime they go into the fourth <laughs> quarter with any kind of lead, you're Come like, on, guys. okay. I, out. I just, it's, we're scared. It's, Chris, We I, I, I'm rooting before. for them. I'm rooting for them. I would <laughs> like them to make
1: it, but oh, my God. I think this narrative is getting old. I think Coach Lynn has kind of turned a corner on that, Blowing leads into the fourth quarter. Right? I
5: guess, but like two months ago, <laughs> we were t- we
1: were right here. <laughs> there was a lot of there was a lot of kicking issues. <laughs> That's true. There was, it was only, a lot of kicking was, issues. Right? No,
2: I I, I hope such so. recent memory. It's only two months ago, man. Yeah. It sounds like it was like two years ago.
1: I know, but you know, it takes some time for the for the coach to implement his his culture, and and I think midway Hopefully. point.
5: I we shall see. We all hope so. Yes, we all hope, we're all I hopeful. Appreciate that. We're all very just very, still scared.
2: <laughs> i uh, got a great show in front of us here today. We're going to be talking about that new play caller in KC, grayed out uh, what we saw in Kansas City. We saw a little bit of good, saw a little bit of bad uh, in terms of fantasy. We'll talk about what it means in fantasy. Um, I want to talk about what Alvin Kamara is going to be like in the draft next year. I know it's a little early, but my goodness. I mean, we're talking about a guy that was, you know, potentially a waiver wire guy. Um, and is he a top five pick next year? Is he a top five pick? I want to at least get a temperature in the room and see what the fellas here think about that. We will also talk about disappointments, no doubt about it. Um, we will talk about Jordan Howard disappointing.
4: Can we get a deke shriek for, for Jordan Howard
2: It's for like a month straight? It's, it's a little scary. I'm not going to lie. Uh, how about Mike Evans? Um, Who?
3: <laughs> didn't, didn't see him And yesterday.
2: Of course, we'll get to most damn games. We'll get to most damn games uh, today, but we start your show as we always do with your top fantasy headlines. News. News, news, news. News. Here we go. Uh, Evan Ingram came back a little bit, right? Seven receptions, 99 yards, and a touchdown. Is he back in the good graces, regardless of who the quarterback might be in New York? York Alex Gilhar.
4: I think he is. I mean, he had had a couple down games. Tight end is an inconsistent position, but he's a guy that was still getting heavily targeted, even in some of his ghost games. I think one of them when he only had one catch, he still tied for the team lead in targets. Mm -hmm. He's he's one of their most dynamic playmakers uh, in an offense that you know has just lost so so many people. And uh, he's he's an every week starter. He should be. He's he's a total difference maker at tight end when he gets when he actually can make the most of his opportunities.
2: It's just been it's been hard, right? Because the last couple of games, especially the the offense looks it looks bad. And uh, Evan Ingram had been suffering some drops, and and quite frankly, he just wasn't really that productive. So, um, boy, I I know tight end this year has been. Has been tough. Yes, <laughs> so I I can absolutely get behind starting Evan Ingram
4: every every week, but. Just sounded like a father talking to like a, a child after a bunch of missteps or uh, it something tough. <sighs> I know, I know, this year's been tough for you. <laughs> it just, it's, it's hard, man. It's hard.
2: Hey, listen, let's talk about Josh Gordon, shall we? I thought he looked pretty good. Woo! All things considered, so I will completely retract any statement that we that we had or that I had uh, uh, previously. Eleven targets, four receptions, eighty-five yards, and this was taken on Casey Hayward. I, 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 I got to be honest with it. He's got Green Bay in Week fourteen. Sign me
5: up. Matt Harmon, not so much of an idiot anymore. Oh, oh wow! wow. Oh, here we go. It only
3: took a year and a half.
5: Two, two and a half. A yeah. year and a half. Yeah, oh half. that's the God. Josh Gordon experience. Man. That's good. It's, yep. always, it's always a bit of a delayed gratification. That's great.
4: Throwback for. Uh, so this was last off season, July or whatever, it was, uh, yeah. August. It was draft season, uh, fantasy draft oh, yeah. season. Josh Gordon was going to be serving a suspension or whatever. And Harmon wrote a piece about why you could be draft him.
5: Yeah, it was like he was looking like he was going to be reinstated for the 2016 season. He was even, he even played in some preseason action yep. last year. Uh, and then it did. he ended up did, did not get reinstated or was. But so, yeah, I think, then, I think then he
4: got banged again for uh substance abuse thing. But you had wrote an article about why you could take him in, like, the fifth or sixth yeah, round or sixth round, something. Round, yeah. And James right, on NFL Network said, uh, actually, we have the drop. Chris, can you see it on the board? This should be Matt Harmon is an idiot.
5: Yeah, it's Matt Harmon, who's an idiot, said hey. that on NFL Network. So, and, and I didn't even know it was coming. To I was just working, <laughs> like, writing away in the newsroom, and then
4: what?
5: What? Oh, you man. hear your name, and idiot. Because yeah, so. like inside training camp, live was was the show, and it's oh, like, I see. It's the most you know everybody's focused on it so also so very, not
4: very not to, to get too sidetracked here or take a trip down memory lane but that led us to the fantasy therapy session which uh, was uh, one of my all-time favorite yes. podcast moments oh my god <laughs> when yes. franchise and marcus each penned heartfelt letters to you two oh over your your fake Amazing. feud.
5: if you if you had, you know just have nothing going on in your life <laughs> try uh, to find that, find that episode <laughs> that episode it was very funny um, but anyways yeah uh, yes. josh gordon i thought he looked great um And just the commitment to get the ball to him. I mean, 11 targets. 11 targets. Over 40% share of the air yards. Corey Coleman, like, total ghost, you know, after being the kind of the guy coming into this. Uh, And like I said, I think the volume is the most important thing. Um, And as you mentioned, you know, four catches, 85 yards against Casey Hayward, mostly all game. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser, I mean, really air mailing some balls, too. It could have been an even bigger contest in Josh Gordon's first game back. Um, I think J.J. Zach Reeson tweeted out the stat that, like, the only other, like, the only player to hit 85 yards at the wide receiver position against the Chargers this year was Odell Beckham. And then Josh Gordon does it in his first game back after a long layoff. So a hugely impressive debut, pretty much a about it as good as you could expect and yeah I think it's all systems go for Josh Gordon the the rest of the way it's it's odd to me how involved he was in in the game plan
2: 11 targets and as you as Harmon mentioned you know Corey Coleman who had been pretty good up until last week just was nowhere to be found.
3: Yeah, and I think some people were worried. Oh, it's his first game back in so many days. Is he going to play a full set of snaps? He was out there for seventy-seven percent of the snaps. The team is like, this is our best guy. We need him out there. Interesting. They're not worried about him getting
4: back into football shape or whatever. Some of those cliches that we say a he, lot of. He the still times, might need a little bit. He looked a little oh, gassed yeah. at the end, but seventy-seven sure. percent. You said is that's really yes. encouraging? Yes. Forty-four snaps. He hadn't played an NFL game in over a thousand days. I know I said that in on like one of the last podcasts, but a, a thousand days. And there was a couple just nuts. dominant catches where he beat Casey Hayward
3: just going up for the ball, and just, he just looked like a beast. But, yeah, ne-
4: next week, I, I know we all haven't even touched our rankings nor thought about it, but just out of throwing it out, I think Josh Gordon's going to be like a top 20, top 30 oh, receiver for me in my course. rankings. Yeah. I mean,
5: easily, right? Yeah, but he's a guy that we know is good. He looked good yesterday. He saw 11-tar. I mean, the volume is the most important thing here. And just like Ky- – I mean, from Kaiser's perspective, you know, he trusted him. Like, in – in, you threw him the ball in a lot of contested situations against a really good cornerback in Casey Hayward, which, you know, I don't blame him. I mean, after playing with a bunch of goofballs like Richard Higgins and Ricardo Lewis, it's like, oh, I got a real, actual yeah. talent over here. I'm probably going <laughs> to throw this guy the ball. What
2: about Kenny Britt,
5: bro? Oh, jeez. <clears throat>
2: oh, boy. Uh, hey, what do we make of Jimmy G's performance? Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco, I thought he looked pretty sharp. I know from a fantasy perspective, not great. Uh, but 26 of 37 passing, 293 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. Um, uh, Alex, what do you make of Jimmy G's performance in his you know, debut as a
4: starter? I was really encouraged. I thought this was great. Chicago has been a tough place like on the road for like fantasy quarterbacks all year. Their defense is pretty good in general, and they play a lot better at home. But for Jimmy G to make throws, like to raise the the status of Marquise Goodwin and yes. Trent Taylor, yeah. like everything looked good. I, I didn't get to watch this game super closely, but what I saw looked like he was making nice passes. And next week, a uh, little tease for the waiver wire too, I already put Jimmy G on there Ooh. as a potential streaming option. It goes to play the Texans, a secondary that's just been – Worked by uh, fantasy quarterbacks pretty much all season. They've been injured. They don't have as much of a pass rush without Watt and merciless. So like the fact that Jimmy G in his first start with the team, you know he's only been there a couple weeks. Yeah, goes yeah. out throws for nearly Probably. 300 yards. No like no TDs. The pick wasn't his fault either. So like yeah, I didn't think so. I, I think he'll be a, he'll be a sneaky guy. Like if you are, have issues at quarterback or have somebody in a tough matchup, don't be don't be afraid to look uh, look Jimmy G's way. You I know. Th-
5: Go ahead. Oh, sorry, Jay, just go like looking at the looking at the box for two. And I watched the game and I thought I was impressed too, but like just the noticeable differences of like Marcus Goodwin had been getting some good volume and he did again eight targets, caught them all for ninety nine yards. Uh Carlos Hyde, we've been talking about him as like a guy that was getting like an absurd, like nine, thirteen targets, whatever. He drops back down to five. Like they're running a real like, offense with this guy. Yeah. Center. He's he is he's that guy. He's the franchise quarterback. He looks the part. He it, it feels right watching him. And even Goodwin said after the game, like, some guys are, like, you can just tell that they, they have it. Like, he, some guy, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but, like, yeah. some guys are just winners. And, and it's really cool to see, like, they they obviously, like, found their guy. And um, it, it's good for, for the whole – everybody involved in the offense. Yeah, so, I mean,
4: uh, just sorry, to real quick to jump back on the point if you want to start him next week. There's a bunch of quarterbacks that aren't in great so, – I mean, Tyrod's injured. Tyrod. Uh, Matt Stafford injured his hand. Andy. Dalton is to play the Bears. Cam Newton's playing the, the Vikings. Kirk Cousins is going against the Chargers on the road. So, like, there's a lot of situations where your quarterback's a spot. Like, Russell Wilson has to play the Jags. Like, Jimmy G could certainly be in the mix uh, for a starting yeah. quarterback next week.
2: It's interesting. Uh, so, again, you look at the overall stat line, right? So uh, 26 of 37, that's a 70% completion percentage. And how about this? Marcus Goodwin and Trent Taylor caught all of the targets that were thrown their way. It's impressive. Every single one. It seems as if those are the two guys that you'd like to, I guess, target in this you know wide receiver core. Um, it, it, you know, here's the other thing about Trent Taylor too. I I guess there was a report that he had got food poisoning the day before. What? (laughs) Oh, wow. So he was sick all night. Um, and (laughs)
4: like a Jordan flu game.
2: I guess I, I I was impressed by that. So I don't know. Um, and, and again, I, I know a lot of folks don't know the name Trent Taylor, um, I wouldn't either, quite frankly. If if I didn't do research for the danger zone, um, but uh, Trent Taylor is a rookie out of Louisiana Tech, highly productive there, eighteen hundred yards his senior year, twelve touchdowns. Um, not you know the metrics not great, right? So he's like five eight, buck eighty. Mm-hmm. You know oh, he's he's a possession guy. He's a
5: slot. He's you know. The, insert your typical, next Daddy Abadol, blah, blah, blah. Insert, insert that. He's a possession yeah. guy.
2: But uh, but I think I, the, the reason I liked him, especially for Jimmy Garoppolo, is you need that guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As a young quarterback, you need to find a guy um, that if you throw him the ball, <laughs> he's going to catch it. You know what I mean? Keep those chains moving. So um, I think both of those guys, especially in PPR – yeah, uh, absolutely worth a look. He, just missed,
4: on, he uh, just missed George Kittle in the back of the end yes, zone, too. Uh, yeah. There was that. As well. George Kittle almost made an outrageous yeah. play on that one. That was craziness.
2: Uh, Matt Stafford injured his hand in the Lions' blowout loss to the Ravens. 44-20. to Your final score in that game, which is just, what? 44-20 to Ravens? Okay. Um, X-rays came back negative for Matt Stafford, but there was swelling in his throwing hand. His status for week 14, unclear as of right now, I'm sure. They will, I I would not imagine they're going to make an announcement on that anytime uh, anytime soon. But just something to keep in mind, Matt Stafford injured his throwing hand. Again, the x-rays came back negative, but there's some serious swelling uh, in that hand. All right, speaking of quarterback injuries, Tyrod Taylor. He's going to have more tests on his knees, but or on his knee, rather, but Ian Rappaport reporting that the belief is that Tyrod avoided major injury, which is good to hear. Again, something that we will keep
4: an eye on, no doubt about it. Just <coughs> want to make the point quick, too. He was carted off, so major injury means, like, you know, yeah. hopefully no structural damage, no <coughs> surgery needed, but could still be a bad a sprain point. or something, you yeah. he could miss a couple weeks. So. I w- there's almost no chance he's playing. I he think. was he was it carted was... off. Right yeah, exactly. exactly.
2: Uh, Hunter Henry, the tight end. For the L.A. Chargers, took a big hit to his knee. It was a scary-looking injury, man. Um, they were thinking about bringing the card out there as well, but he eventually walked off on his own. I think the reporters caught up with him post-game, and uh, it sounded like a hyperextended knee. So a hyperextension, I, I, the severity of it not yet known. But um, uh, two things here: uh, it's it sucks for him uh, because man, he was heating up, right? Nine targets in that game seven receptions, 81 yards. And if I'm not mistaken, I think the receptions and the yardage totals uh, were career highs for him in that game against Cleveland. So uh, again, we had talked about it last week and we saw this trend earlier in the year as well. No Mike Williams for that Chargers attack. And all of a sudden Hunter Henry uh, reemerges in the offense. So I, I it just it just stinks for him because I don't think he's going to play in week 14 but um he looked like a, he had a pretty good you know rapport I think with uh with
5: Philip Rivers Chargers have a good you know, theoretical tight end matchup against uh, Washington next week, too. So maybe Antonio Gates back on the stream. Oh, boy. Part. Whoa, here we go. <laughs> oh, what year is this? I Gates, don't know. Gates
1: caught a bunch of balls yesterday. <clears> he <throat> did. By throat> his standards this yeah, year. Yeah, by, by, <laughs> by, by, by Gates the, standards. By the adjusted Gates standard, yeah. <laughs> <true>. <laughs>
2: Which leads us right into the waiver wire. NFL.com slash waiver wire. Terrific piece penned by our very own. WizKid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. Oh, Would shucks. you walk us through some of the waiver wire targets we need to be looking at this week?
4: Well, off the top, as as often happens this time of year, we have a couple potential like guys popping up uh, off on you know the uh, lower levels of the radar to be potential fantasy playoff heroes. Uh, Peyton Barber. Kind of like reversing the trend we'd thought uh all week with Jaquiz Rogers gonna step in for Doug know I mean? Martin. Yeah. I mean Peyton Barber played we talked about it, nine snaps, got his two touchdowns, five carries or whatever last week. Came in, dominated for the Bucks. Looked like yeah. the best running back they've had all year. He was breaking tackles, he was showing patience, explosion, catching passes, had hundred and forty three total yards against the Packers defense, which had been pretty good against the run recently, too, and they got Kenny Clark back there, uh, young uh, nose tackle or defensive tackle there. So he's a guy to look at. Mike Davis could finally be ending the Seahawks backfield nightmare. Uh, he looked good. He looked good. and I mean, he I looked, thought he looked good too. When yeah. they picked him, they signed him off the – or they promoted him off their practice squad over back in week 11. He looked good briefly against the Falcons and then got, suffered his groin injury, missed time since then, came back, got it done as a receiver and a runner. I, I think he could be in the mix there big time moving down the stretch um i think aaron jones is a a good add just in case jamal williams who has been seeing a ton of work gets injured and in the event that aaron Rodgers does come back and the packers are still in the mix that offense is going to have a lot more scoring potential uh so he could be in there as well and then just in general some of these underrated receivers we've been thumping for a while josh doxson the breakout is coming i'm with you james It's, it's going to happen is it it is like i believe
2: the whole experience is so stressful (laughs) <laughs>
4: it is. It's like I mean, well, it's like oh, there's a deep target.
2: Oh, he didn't get it. I I know, and he it, it, I feel like he's close, Matt Harmon, to uh, catching one of these deep balls and having a touchdown, which would really <laughs> just vault him into. You know what
5: I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It just it's so it's just so thin. Just, not because his it, margin for error yeah, is raised. Not yeah, because he just doesn't get enough work. He doesn't get enough volume. And like the you know these five target games, like that's what you should expect. So, and I, I don't think it has anything to do with. Him? I don't think it has anything to do with, I know, it's a couple people are uh, chirping at me on, twerping. Uh, twerping. Twerping? Twerping? Twerping. That's when you combine chirping and Twitter. Chirping at me on Twitter uh, Thursday night after I said, like, the, jo- you know, because I'm, I'm with you guys. If Josh Dox talks- freaking incredible like yeah. I think 2018 could be a big year but you know people are like I don't Kirk Cousins doesn't trust him enough where I was like no is this is the way this offense is like this is the same I think thing Kirk Cousins trusts him plenty yeah absolutely I mean you could tell that which is the situations he throws him into yeah absolutely right. trust him but the, the the thing is they just spread the ball around too much yeah
4: so there's that concern uh I think Marquise Goodwin he's kind of been a guy that in deeper league should have been picked up a while ago he's uh had some relative consistency and now that he's yeah. got a more consistent option on our quarterback that's great plus Texans and Titans are his next two matchups, so those are really good for fantasy. Ooh, yeah, uh, and then juicy. Jermaine Curse, I uh, wasn't sure what to make of his seven catch, 105 yard uh, touchdown performance last week. Yeah, but but he came out this past week as well, had a nine catch, 157 yard day against the Chiefs. I think since their bye, they've kind of made it the offense more around Curse and Robbie Anderson. He's had almost 30 percent of the team targets since their bye week, so. Uh, they play Denver next week, a team that's in free fall and was just giving up massive amounts Jeez. of space to Kenny. I mean, Akeem Talib was out this
5: past week, but Curse uh, should certainly be on the radar. What crazy the hell that, happened there? I don't know. Crazy that Darrell Revis wasn't able to slow down Jermaine Curse. <laughs> I'm sorry, but the Darrell Revis thing, like, I feel like the Chiefs have make, made themselves just a target Why? for parity by doing that. Why? Who cares? because like what's the point <laughs> that guy a, it's an old it, it's an older vet looking for one final paycheck what's well what's for the no for here? his sake fine you could can- I mean, I, I know he's been. I know he's, <laughs> he's had a tough time making money in his career. If there's anybody <laughs> he's in the out, NFL He's on that his couch <laughs> collecting like five million from the right. Jets, oh, But amazing. but like the, for the Chiefs' perspective, like, dude, what are you, what are you doing, man? Like he, that guy can't play anymore, and everybody knows it. It's desperation. You young people, man. What you young? You people. young? People. Like just see it. Like it just looks you like a, okay, what, dad. It <laughs> just looks like a joke we, having him stand on the sidelines there and like trying to trot him out as a player, and then and then they're, they're trying th- to find a spark. And, and then they and then they gotta come but then they gotta come yeah. out and say stuff like Andy Reed, you know, like they, they pulled him in the second half or whatever and Reid's like, No no no, it might have looked like a benching, but he had already hit his snap count like and it's like <laughs> That doesn't make any Come sense. On. Don't just right. don't lie to our face like that. Like, don't make yourself look stupid. The Jets were throttling some, us, so Yes, for some old goofball that's yeah. not gonna help you. Like you give go. me just give me a break. It just it just makes them look. Harmon, stupid. Harmon,
1: it was just good that, that Marcus Peters made everything better though. Oh yeah. <laughs>
5: <Gosh>. <laughs> maybe maybe he can be a good veteran mentor. Oh my god. By the way, the Giants just fired Ben McAdoo. Oh. No, really? There it is. Yeah. Okay. Breaking. Break, breaking news. Breaking right. news. I mean, that's take? felt inevitable. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't really have <laughs> – I mean, they were they were talking that's about That's like a, a That's, like, kind of a mercy mercy, yeah. move, too. <laughs>
4: did you see uh, – uh, did you listen to the ATM podcast where they had the sound from his post-game presser where somebody oh, yeah. asked him about his job yeah. status and like, I'll coach as long as my key card works? It was, like, that's a
5: dead man walking. Yeah, right oh, oh, for sure. That means your key card's not going to work in 24 <laughs> hours. <laughs> <laughs> God. Also, how fast does that happen? Like, your key card just – You hit, and it just, it's over.
4: I think, like, not to get too into down the key card rabbit hole here, but they have, like, there's, like, codes on them or whatever. They can just turn it off and on the security. Like, that's why they have the numbers on here, so they know whose works and whose doesn't. Just look at the numbers real quick. Oh. They have to look at the numbers. Yeah, they look at the numbers, and then (laughs) it's out. Not good. Gone. Um, (laughs) That was key card talk. Presented by... Uh all right. Pro Bowl. Uh the Pro Bowl. Uh wait,
2: hold on. Let me ask you about Steven Anderson very quickly. He had twelve targets in that game uh for Houston, the Houston tight end. Um I think Fedora was left with injury. Yeah, open again. the door yeah. uh for Steven Anderson. Is he worth a
4: look? I'm I'm not in on it yet. I mean twelve targets is a bunch. Tom Savage threw almost fifty passes and Bruce Ellington was injured. Is that gonna change? Th- he's not gonna throw fifty passes a week. And and Bruce Ellington left with an injury, yeah. CJ Fedora was left with an injury. I think this was more a product of just that game and him being there, like I don't think Bruce yeah. Ellingtons was that serious, right?
3: I'm
5: stringing. He was ruled out. So was, okay, well, Rex we'll see.
3: And Miller left too. I think
5: might have. Yes, he did. I feel yeah, like yeah, did too, yeah, yeah. So they were just decimated. I mean, yeah, Stephen Anderson averaged like three targets a game. So right. And the, the
4: trouble is, the trouble is that it's not just that it's Stephen Anderson seems like a fine young player, but it's also Tom Savage throwing him the football sure. and like the only pass catcher I'm really interested in when Tom Savage is under center
5: is New Copkins. By players. the way, anybody know where Stephen Anderson went to college? No, good. no. Did he play basketball? Cow. Oh that's Oh, oh, it's that Steven Anderson? Yeah. Oh wow. Fail. I was gonna say, like (laughs) the truth comes out. I thought it was pretty uh, apparent
2: Can I I just say? Oh, that's funny. You're a fake Cal fan. No, can I just say This is by
5: the way, this this is the second time this season. Well,
2: that Maurice Harris character or what's his name? Marquise Harris? Maurice Maurice Harris? Maurice Harris. No way. (laughs) I don't even buy that. (laughs) What I don't think you made a play at Cal. Prove it. Steven Anderson Steven Anderson from San Jose,
4: (laughs) California. Cal Golden Bears football. So Steven
5: Anderson did make a bunch of plays, but I didn't think he was NFL caliber. So here's the question I'm I have, wrong. I have to ask myself. Did you actually go to Cal? Whoa! Uh, this is now two times, we two have times to have in one season, a hundred percent, or zero percent conversion rate on you identifying. sleepers from Wait, Cal. When we get out of here, I'm going to
4: call like their office of registrar <coughs> okay. or whatever, and be like, "Connect Fair me enough. with somebody who can tell me if James Coe is an actual <laughs> alum from Cal, please." <laughs> and they'll be like, "Who?" And I'll be oh. like, "Okay, sorry." Well, oh. oh, okay, all right. <laughs> It'd be the same if you called any of our colleges about us. It's a very good point. NFL. That's I not
5: true. Mine's so small that uh, I was going to say I, I, actually, I actually matter. You're like the twenty eighth
4: person. Never graduate from Lynchburg. Yeah, which is so. sad.
5: <laughs> which is very sad. <laughs> wow. Love you guys. Thanks for coming. <laughs> it's an upstart. Shout out to it's Luke. an upstart school. It's a it's a small liberal arts school. It's that's what the, that's what the that's the experience that I wanted. And was more than satisfied.
2: I like it. NFL.com slash waiver wire. Oh, by the way, the twenty eighteen Pro Bowl vote is here. It's time to vote for your favorite NFL players to play in the twenty eighteen Pro Bowl in Orlando. Vote now, NFL.com slash pro
4: vote. And use the hashtag Bruce Bowl. Bruce Bowl. To Support Bruce Ellington.
2: Go find Bruce Ellington and vote for him. NFL.com slash pro vote. If you want to get in on it, vote for Bruce Ellington and screen grab it. Use that hashtag. Bruce Bull. I'm a vote. Tweet I'm is.
4: a vote for him right now. Actually, yeah. baby, there you go. Oh, I love it. I just gotta find him. We appreciate all the support for you guys. There he is, Bruce Ellington. Vote yes. I already voted for him. So submit ballot. I've done my job. Uh, let's get to your top performers. I want to see oh, yeah. this. I want to try and find the Pro Bowl standings and see if he's actually making any hay. Like if, if there's like, like a one percent, that
5: would be hilarious. well. You know,
4: because I mean, there's always there's going to be the guys that obviously get all their votes. Yeah, the big name yeah, yeah. Guys, your ABS, of course, your, your AJ Green. Hopefully, Adam Thielen or some, is getting in there. But I would just love to see Bruce Ellington hanging around like the. 10th or like 14th wide receiver because you know we helped give him a little bump a little bit because it's after you miss the top guys like it's just like homerism fandom voting for players and stuff but we can get Bruce Ellington up there okay try to investigate this after I find out if James really went to Cal that's okay (laughs) (laughs)
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to our top performers uh, here in week 13 at the quarterback position. Alex Smith, 366, four touchdowns. He had 70 yards rushing on that very long 70-yard run as well. Josh McCown breaking into the top five yet Ugh. again, 331 yards passing. What a year. One passing touchdown, two rushing touchdowns. So selfish. Yeah. Joe McCown, bro, hand it off. <laughs> Seriously. That's not nah, cool. I don't hand it off. Blake uh, Blake Bortles. Yes, that's right. Blake Bortles, ladies and gentlemen. 309, two touchdowns for Blake Bortles. The middle of the pack was weird, man. It was Joe Flacco, Jameis Winston, Case Keenum, Tom Savage, Jay Cutler, all of them in the top 15 that is this weird week, which was just bizarre. Um, okay, so there's a new play caller in KC, and as a result we saw Alex Smith toss four touchdowns, clearly uh, his best game in a long while. Uh, do we trust Alex Smith again. He's got Oakland in Week fourteen.
5: Mm. I was I was ready and willing as soon as it, the report came out this mo- or the, yesterday morning that the Chiefs had uh, handed over play calling duties to a new fella there. That, Matt Nagy, I believe. Uh, yes, I was ready. To, I was like, I I bet they will. They're probably going to go out and have a have a good game against the you know suspect <laughs> Jets defense, and everybody will be ready to cook. This is the new guy. I mean, obviously, it matters that this guy's the play caller. No, Andy Reid is obviously still scripting those plays. Yeah, it was nice to see like Alex Smith uh, have a nice game, but I'm not going to buy into like the correlation causation that they named a new play caller and some of these guys got going again. I mean, pretty much just like they got they they hit Tyreek Hill on some deep passes that they weren't hitting on earlier in the year and and that's about it to me but uh in terms of whether you can trust Alex Smith or not i mean they got have another nice matchup against the raiders next week so yeah. sh- sure he'll be on my streaming radar this week yeah, I'd, I'd be more encouraged by the matchup
4: necessarily than just this one week sample of play calling but yeah. it was nice to see them hit some of those big plays you know yeah. we're not in the meeting room we haven't Spend hours on the All 22 from all these Chiefs games and the difference between speak for
5: yourself uh, Andy wow. Reid and we yeah. <laughs> don't even have the
4: All 22. Oh wait, actually we do because we have NFL Vision, but that's yeah, neither here nor there. So, anyways, point is uh, what what football football <laughs> football. Uh, oh, by the way, Russell Wilson
2: also in the top five as well. Mm. Uh, three touchdowns for him, 227 yards passing, shocking 31 rushing yards. Uh, can I just say, um, I am just. I don't even. I don't even think I like watching the Seahawks play offense. What? It's like what? it's the same damn play. So much fun. It it is exactly the, what, it's exactly what. It's the exact same damn play fifty times in a row. It's it's, it's it's Russell Wilson dropping. Okay, it's Russell Wilson dropping back under pressure, scrambling around, throwing, and then finding somebody it's for ten yards. It's tenure. what.
3: It's literally the same play. It's every what time. when you're playing Madden online against like some kid. It's exactly what that kid does against you with Russell Wilson in Madden.
2: Every single time. Drops
3: back, circles around, fires a bomb. But, but you and know, then Puts up 70 points against you and Madden. And you're like, what the hell? I, and then you turn your console on. <laughs> and then they hand off and get one yard. I mean, I, it's like, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's,
2: the, it's the same two plays over and over again. I'm like, Jesus, give me some. I, I mean, I don't know. It's. I, part of it is like, hey, it's great to see the brilliance of Russell Wilson, but yeah. the other one of it's like, geez, it's the same play. Well, I t- every time. So I, think, I
5: think you can take this two two different ways, and I think uh, both are actually correct. And that is one like I, I think I think we've started to like kind of just underrate the you know what a unique player Russell Wilson is yeah. in the history of you know the NFL. Like again, I, I tweeted this a couple of weeks ago when I think when we were playing on Thursday night or whatever. Like, who the hell other quarterback could succeed? In that offense, other than Russell Wilson, and you know people no responding with like, "Well, oh, Tom Brady, I'm like, give me a break, he'd be dead in five seconds." Oh yeah, exactly. Like it's just such a unique situation, but also, I I feel you. Like it's like, can we can we get better? Can we do more than just have it all be on this guy's shoulder? <laughs> and to that point, I'm I'm definitely like, if the Seahawks, they probably won't do it because they'll be good enough. But like, they wanted to like move on from the current coaching staff and the off like offensive coaching have not Pete Carroll and the guys, but like. You know, Daryl Bevel and Tom Cable and all these guys, like, I would be okay with that, too.
4: I'm, By the way, uh, Jerry Reese, yeah, is fired, too. Oh, wow. So Giants, well, Giants doing are cleaning a house. Full house cleaning up top.
5: Do they go back? Do you think I think they go back? To yeah, Eli? 100%. You think so? Oh, yeah. God.
4: Uh, if I was that's Eli, such I'd a
5: weird situation. <laughs> if I was Eli, I'd kind of be tempted. I mean, he's not going to because he's a, he's a go boy. But, you know, I, uh, I would be kind of tempted to be like, nah, just.
4: He's it's like, you goal. Broke my streak. He's a gold boy it
5: broke his yeah. streak <laughs>
4: just to fire the coach. No, I mean, if, if you're, Eli, if I was Eli, I'd almost just be like, "Nah, I'm gonna take that this. I'm gonna like, take yeah. this December off. Let this yeah. arm stay healthy and yeah. go get me some money and a shot at the playoffs next year. Agreed. That's not bad either. That's not bad. either. But who knows? He yeah. might want to play in. I think out it shows. might be Eli, or it might just be Davis Webb now. <laughs> which is that'd be outrageous. Ultra depressing. Which is not good. All right, sorry, I so derailed that, but I just wanted to drop. Who went to Cal? There. By the way.
5: Well, I'm glad you know that.
3: <laughs> he was inactive yesterday, too. This whole thing was, oh, we want to get Davis Webb some reps and Geno Smith some reps, and Davis Webb ends up being inactive.
5: Yeah, I mean. They, they, oh, he's they, not ready. Oh. Sounds like the whole organization Shock. Like, was not on the same page. Yeah. Like, what, what they really wanted out of this move, and they, and uh, and they blew it, and as a result, everybody's fired. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so where were we? Top
2: uh, wide receivers here for week 13 Tyreek Hill. Uh, On the receiving end of two large bombs from Alex Smith out of nowhere, Uh, nine targets. Nine targets is great, by the way. So this was not just like oh a fluke. Nine targets. His target volume
4: hadn't been in question the last few weeks. Yeah, seven, eleven, and nine. Yeah, he hadn't been hitting on the big ones.
2: Uh, Six catches, 185 yards, which I believe was a career (laughs) high for Tyreek Hill. Two touchdowns for him. Keenan Allen continues to just get going, man. Uh, Versus Cleveland, 14 targets. 10 receptions, 107 and a touchdown for Keenan Allen. He's just beasting right Wasn't
4: now. he the first player in NFL history to have 10 yep. catches, 100-plus yards, and a touchdown in three straight games? Correct. I think I heard.
3: Correct. Our, per our research team, first player in NFL history, 10-plus catches, 100-plus receiving yards, and one. Or more receiving touchdowns in three consecutive games.
2: Yeah. That is
1: what you signed up. For. Uh, you guys want to hear his last three games: thirty-three catches, four hundred thirty-six yards, four touchdowns. Bl- four hundred thirty-six yards.
2: Hello.
3: That uh, that might be good. That's, He's uh, single-handedly like getting people into the playoffs. That's pretty amazing, man. Now has pushed them into the playoffs.
2: Yes, that's pretty amazing.
3: Yeah, it's wild.
2: It's pretty awesome, man. Jermaine curse, and I'm happy for him too because just those fluke injuries have knocked him out the last two years. Yeah, and and oh by the way he went to count
5: oh <laughs> That's right. good thing you're identi- you're able to identify top 3 round picks from your from your quotation marks. Uh, <laughs> Poor James just unnecessarily
4: persists. getting roasted here. now. <laughs> Have you called the registrar
5: yet? No, <laughs> not on the middle of the podcast. Uh, I'm gonna
4: I'm gonna un- get into it after. Professional. Oh my God, Jermaine Curse, <laughs> ten targets, oh, nine God. catches,
2: 157 yards, which I, I I believe that was also a career high for Jermaine Curse. Marquise Lee versus Indianapolis, ten uh, targets, seven receptions, 86 yards, and a touchdown. For Marquise Lee. Lilithy. Uh At the running back position, Alvin Kamara versus Carolina. 126 total yards, two touchdowns for him. Rex Burkhead, sexy Rexy in the flexy. Rex in the flex, baby. Love it. 103 total, two touchdowns again for Rex Burkhead. Alex Collins versus Detroit, 98 total yards, two touchdowns touchdowns he is the truth he's the real deal man uh kenyan drake versus denver 120 rush yards 141 total and a touch yeah Kenyon drake versus denver insane workload <clears throat> oh man it, it hurts the soul to see denver struggling defensively like this um <laughs> let's talk about alvin kamara what? talked about at the top of the show here um and i know this isn't really pertinent to you know week 13 or week 14 or or this season in general right but i i I just want to know do you, do you guys think, come draft season next year he's a top five pick, because he's a top five player right now. I mean, right now
4: in week it, going into week fourteen, he is a top five player. I think there's some other factors that we'll just have to see what happens. Uh, is Mark Ingram there? Maybe he's gone. Maybe it's all Camara. Maybe. You know, but it what doesn't happens. matter. Yeah. I mean,
2: even with Mark Ingram there, this guy's still no, a top no, no, five. Just,
4: I'm just still saying, like, there, there are things we'll have to weigh. I think he's going to be for sure a top two round pick, probably top uh, round one, but top five, I, yes. I, I don't know. I, I just, uh, it's hard to think like that. I can't even, I barely even know who's playing this coming weekend, much less what's <laughs> going to happen. Bro, August I'm asking for your
3: 2018 rankings, bro. <laughs> <Thank God. laughs> don't you get paid to do those? I think he might be in the conversation of top five running backs. Okay. But I don't know about top five overall players because you got to think. AB, Lev. Lev Bell, David David Johnson's coming back. Yeah. AB, Odell. Odell. Will be in the mix. Julio. Gurley.
4: That's five. All people are going to be off of Julio, dude. Really? Yeah, people, after this year, I think. So
3: consistent, though. In a PPR league?
4: I mean, season long, but people. I think people are going to be starting to get burned by his his uh, up and roller down. coaster. Yeah, I, I think
2: he's I think he's at it. But
4: there. Gurley's going to be up there too. True. Gurley's just been a monster. Yeah, he's been. A monster. But I was gonna, I was going to say like we Drew Brees is old, you know I mean I assume he he keeps saying he wants to play for five more years. But what if Saints win the Super Bowl or something and Drew Brees is like yeah I'm good sure true. True, true true true. And then all of a sudden like what, Garrett Grayson is starting under center for the Saints or oh, whoever they oh, have Oh, No. I don't know. One of the other McCowns, like like the 18th McCown is going to pop up?
5: Uh, I'll just tell you right now. Yes. You know, regression truthers will be all over out Oh, God. It's, he'll be like Tevin Coleman was yeah, well, last year. Yeah, he's, aver- he's leading the league averaging 7.1 yards per carry. Okay. he's has a touchdown on uh, just 132 tu- – or nine touchdowns on 132 touches. Uh, So, yeah, people will be ready and willing. I f-
3: I feel like okay. those people are out there already being like, oh, he won't do it again this week, and then he just goes out and does it again against the Panthers. And people are like, well – Kamara regression is gonna have to
5: wait another week.
3: It's like no, this yeah okay he'll probably regress next year, but this guy's a special
5: player. Yeah, and he, and he's in a perfect you know he's in a perfect offense a, for, a perfect him. Perfect yeah, yeah. for him. Yeah, So I don't know, but it is unre- You know, it, he's he's unreal. So I think he'll be in the conversation. Yeah, lovely. Uh, Rex Burkett is he in every week play? Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> has been for okay. uh, has been for
2: Look, like three weeks
3: now. The hipsters touted the heck out of him <laughs> this week. <laughs> We, we actually, both on Patriots our backs, both Patriots backs, on our uh, segment on Fantasy Live, we said, Don't start Kareem Hunt. You're better off starting guys like Rex Burkhead or Kenyon
4: Drake.
5: Oh! Boom! Boom! But uh, see, Hipsters that, know what's up. Take Thank, that mainstream. That's, that's why they had that's why they put us on the show in the most important time.
4: Right. Uh we'll say Burkhead's getting exactly. getting like double digit touches and he's getting carries in high value like red zone situations yes. on one of the highest scoring offenses Offensive. in the league. Yep. That is what you want from a fantasy running
5: back. 100%. And Dion Lewis is still producing too. I mean, he had over he's 90 yards too. So but, I mean, you you play both of these guys. Yes.
2: Um, Alex Collins versus Detroit, like I said, uh, was put on a great performance as well. Is he in in every week play? He's got a touchdown in three games in a row. He's got five total uh, in that span. Obviously, two against Detroit obviously helps, but um, I think there was a lot of concern, and there continues to be a lot of concern over as to
4: whether or not you should play Alex Collins. I think he isn't every week starter. This is a case where what the coaching staff told in front office told us, actually they, they kept their word about it because Collins was looking like the best back pretty much all season, but had some fumbling issues. They were rotating in all their other guys. He kind of, he finally took over the backfield and they, they said like he's going to remain our featured back even when Danny Woodhead comes back and that's borne out. He's leading the team in touches and playing time and he's delivering, and I think at this point, I mean, it's tough to really buy into anybody on that Ravens offense because it's not a good unit overall. No. But Alex Collins is kind of the engine for it, and uh, I think we got to trust him at this point.
5: Yeah, they're a much better team if they can have. I mean, he's been, he's been awesome all year. Everything, yeah, awesome, uh, he looks good. He passes the eye test. He yes. looks good. He passes like any yes. sort of you know measurement for running backs creating yards on their own as well too. So he he passes every test, and they're a much better offense with like a actual true ground and pound running back as opposed to like them dumping off three yard passes to Danny Woodhead, you know, or, ten or Buck game, Allen. Or Buck Allen or anything like that. And they're they finish the season like okay. Next week they go into Pittsburgh. That's not like an ideal matchup for a running back or an offense overall. No. But then they're in Cleveland uh yep. week fifteen and then they Beautiful. have the Colts week sixteen. Hello.
3: I like it. I like it a lot. The coats.
5: Uh, top performance
2: at the tight end position, Travis Kelsey against the Jets. Eight targets, four catches, 94 yards,
4: two touchdowns. He got his work in
3: early. <laughs>
2: yeah, he did. <laughs> there
4: was no tilting on Travis Didn't Kelsey at all. He had, like, all. first two. He had, like, three catches with two touchdowns in the first quarter and then finished with four catches. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, cool. My work here is done. Cameron yeah. Breit, uh against Green Bay. Another two catches. Two touchdowns
2: for him. Two worth, catches,
4: two touchdowns. What? Worth noting that immediately when Winston came back, yes. he started looking to Bray in the red zone. That's like exactly those two right. have a, a connection there that you just can't deny it. And
2: that's Bray came in hurt too. I mean, that's the crazy part. Right?
4: He's, he was playing fewer snaps than OJ Howard. He was hurt. It was Jameis's first game back, and of course, of course, two touchdowns, two touchdowns. After like in my mentions too, everybody was like, "I just dropped Cameron Bray. Like, You're probably not alone. All right, Gronk taking on
2: Buffalo, eleven targets, nine receptions, one forty-seven. There's a uh, oh, 147 yards. There's uh, um, an idea, and it might be true here that uh, Gronk gets suspended for a game, uh,
4: given his dirty late hit uh,
2: that he applied against that
4: poor. Cordavious uh, White. Uh, yeah. Tredavious, Tredavious, Tredavious uh, yeah. If you line. have Gronk, you're gonna want to try and get a tight end on the waiver wire, a good streamer right away this week because I would venture to guess he gets yeah. he gets suspended. Yeah. At least I haven't one seen,
2: game. Uh, I haven't seen anything come down quite as of yet, but I feel like that's usually oh, like man. a Tuesday thing from yeah. the league yeah, oh, office. Oh, it's a Tuesday thing for sure. But, yeah, I I would be shocked if he could. Start making plans. Yeah. Uh, Steven Anderson, as we mentioned, uh, versus Tennessee 12 targets, five receptions, 79 yards, and a touchdown. Hey, by the way, shout outs to Miami's defense three points allowed, three sacks, two safeties. Yeah. Three interceptions, right. a touchdown, and a block kick, all of it added up to twenty eight points in standard uh, scoring leagues.
4: Yeah, the the Broncos are in free fall and they're an offense that you want to target streaming Every wise. Single. It, like it was it was kind of looking that way and if some people were like, Yeah, I guess I mean, even me, I was like, You can maybe stream the Dolphins. I don't I never saw anybody go out and be like, Yeah, they're a top streamer of the week, but holy cow, man, that that offense get get people get the defenses against them.
2: Uh, biggest disappointments for week thirteen. Tom Brady, two hundred fifty-eight yards, one interception. Um, I mean, obviously he didn't do much from a fantasy perspective, but I don't think there's anything. To Should have started again. Josh McCown instead. Oh my God, Josh McCown. Yes, absolutely.
5: <laughs> Bills <laughs> kind of Bills kind of had him rattle. I mean, he was even. Uh, he was getting he sacked a lot. Didn't. Oh no, he was. He was yeah. upset. He and Tom. Uh, he and Josh McDaniels had some words on the
2: sideline. Oh, he he got he got touched up a little bit. Um, in what was. A competitive game in the first half, and then obviously they cracked it open in the second. So. Yeah. Uh, Matt Ryan, 173 passing yards for him. One interception, no scores. Vikings. Vikings. Not great. Uh, let's talk about Jordan Howard taking on Oof. San Francisco. Taking on San Francisco. The Niners are the worst rush defense in the NFL. 13 attempts, 38 rush yards. Oh, by the way, he chipped in with a, a solid negative five reception as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rude. Rude. 33 total yards for Jordan Howard. He has six or less in three of his last four games. What do you make of the performance? He's got Cincinnati on deck in the first round of your
3: playoffs, man. You playing him? What you guys doing with Jordan Howard? He's just not this volume monster that he was in the middle of the season. And so his last three games, he had 15, 15, 7, and 13 carries. The three games before that was 36, 21, and 23. So he's not getting that volume he was getting when Trubisky was first taking over. He's kind of become touchdown dependent uh, to get into double-digit fantasy points. He's not getting the yards. Last week we thought was just an anomaly in a tough matchup against Philadelphia. Sure. Six carries for seven yards. But this was supposed to be a great matchup, and it didn't pan out. And I think he's just kind of – struggling along with the Chicago offense. I don't even think you can make you well you can't. You you simply cannot make the game script
2: argument this week as no. opposed to last week because it was a close game. a close competitive game all throughout. So I mean, San Francisco had to win on a freaking field goal. So uh, a game-winning field goal. So I mean you, you can't make the argument that Joe Ho got game scripted out of this one again taking on the one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Yeah.
5: I don't know what the hell happened here. Bengals uh, have not played obviously this week. Uh, yet they play tonight against the Steelers. But they have allowed 442 rushing yards of their last four games. Uh, they give up a lot of receiving production to running backs, which it doesn't really matter too much for Jordan Howard. But uh, I would have a tough time making a case against playing him just because I think I think they'll they'll get right eventually. So if it was me, if it was my team, I'd probably play him. Okay, that's just me. I'm, I'm scared. Yeah, skirt.
2: I mean, it's always the, well, what do you got on your – I mean, yes, I get it, but I mean, if you get a guy and you're starting him and he gets you 33 yards, that's a cratering performance.
5: You know what I mean? uh, That's what these backs that don't do a lot in the receiving game are such backbreakers. Yeah, especially on their bad offense. Because when they bust, like, they bust hard. That's why a guy
3: like Kenyon Drake is so much more valuable because he'll get that work in in the passing game or – even a guy like Rex Burkett. It's just it's just the Chicago offense isn't good.
5: Yeah, the difference between, like, a guy, you know, Kenyon Drake on a bad week when he – if he's going to average, you know, under four yards a carry. Yeah. He's going to, you know, not score a touchdown. It gets you, you know, 40-something rushing yards. But he chips in with 30 receiving yards or something and, like, three or four catches. Like, that seven-point difference, there's a big difference between, like, you know, getting a seven or an eight in, like, a PPR format as opposed to, like, a straight three. Yeah. Like, that's – that, that's hurts. A, that kicked I mean that's that kicks you right in the in the ass for, for no for lack of a better word.
2: Agree. All right, at the wide receiver position, disappointments. Julio versus Minnesota. His up and down season continues. Six targets, two catches, twenty four yards, roads were closed. Yeah. Uh, Adam Thielen in that Oops. same game, five targets, four receptions, just fifty one yards. Um it was a disappointment for Adam Thielen, just You know, given the great production he had had uh, coming into that game, no doubt about it. Uh, Brandon Cooks versus Buffalo came back crashing to earth. 17 yards receiving, a five-yard rush as well. Mike Evans versus Green Bay. Let's talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Six targets, two receptions, 33 yards for Mike Evans. He has not had a single, not one 100-yard game. He has not had a touchdown since week seven. That would be five games for Mike Evans. Evans against a Green Bay secondary that was a not good and b already injured.
4: So yeah. interesting storyline. I want I need to read I need to read the story. I think somebody was writing about it from the Green Bay press and go back and watch this game more closely. Uh, but the cornerbacks Devon House and Demarius Randall actually pleaded with Dom Capers and said, "Let us man up, uh, Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson," and they did. And then they like shut those two pretty much down. So it could be an interesting note to watch for the secondary moving forward if they change their tactics, Because, I mean, part of the problem with the Green Bay Secondary was receivers were just finding those soft spots in those zones, and they, there was nobody ever around them. them. And then they'd catch it and rack up yards after the catch. So if they switch up their coverage a little bit and That's start start shutting those guys down, or maybe Harmon can find some more stuff on it in, in uh, next-gen stats this week on how their defensive approach differed. Mm. Could be something to we'll watch going forward. It might. I'm just saying it could be a potential <laughs> wow. storyline. But uh, it might it might be one of those things where we need to shift our perception about the Green Bay secondary if they change philosophies and start uh, locking
5: down receivers a little more
4: like this. Of okay. course,
5: Gellhaar wants more Packers content on the website. <laughs> Shock! There was also Evans didn't have a catch till 10:54 left
3: in the fourth quarter, which is yeah. just, just crazy, man. At, and I think a lot of it has to do with Jameis Winston. He's just didn't, that was a big part of it didn't too. Look good. Like he doesn't make good decisions, and just a quick glance at the next gen stats, Jameis Winston's passing chart versus Mike Evans' route chart. Yeah, Evans was on the left side of the field a lot. I didn't look up how much how many times he lined up over there, but a lot of his routes that he was targeted on, on that side of the field. And the majority of Evans or uh, Winston's completions were on the right side of the field, so it
4: might have just been like Kalhar was saying the, they had locked him up. And, and so it was a combination of things that they they switched up their coverage, but also the Tampa Bay offensive line has suffered some injuries recently. And the Packers pressured the hell out of Jameis Winston. It was like they had had no they had no pass rush for weeks. Clay Matthews came Perry back. Perry came back. Seven sacks. Kenny, I think. Perry had been there. Yeah, Perry had been there, but Kenny Clark and uh, Clay Matthews both came back, and they were just around Jameis Winston constantly. Interesting. So. <laughs> Man,
5: that's Bucks finish with Lions Falcons and then at Carolina. Not great. Well, Lions is okay. Lions is pretty good yeah, I mean, they have good. they have Darius Slay, but uh
4: and uh, that game's yeah. at home too for Tampa Bay, so that's not that's not terrible. But the the Falcons have a decent pass rush and they could get their cornerbacks back and then Carolina's get It's to funny it. too cuz that one particular game just
2: killed me, man. Uh I just thought Tampa Bay Green Bay was going to be You know, a beautifully bad shootout, a beautifully bad shootout Two really bad uh, defenses that were all that were banged up as well. Right. They had playmakers on the offensive side of the ball.
4: And then it was was
3: a running back heavy game. It was uh, it was not great.
4: Yeah.
2: Uh, what did what did, what did Brett Hundley finish with? It was definitely 80, less
3: 84 yards.
4: 84 Thir- yards. 13 of 22, <laughs> 84 yards and a pick. Comical. Against a Buccaneers <laughs> defense that had been what? Giving up all of the yards to quarterbacks. He's shredding
2: Pittsburgh but can't put up 100 passing yards on Tampa Bay. That is correct. Uh okay.
4: it's the full Brett Hundley experience. I don't okay, I don't understand.
2: I, there was a point where he had almost as many rushing yards as passing yards. That's tough to do. Yep. That is tough. Ugly. Wow. Uh, Tebow-esque is what it is. Oh, my God. It is Tebow-esque. Oh, my God. Uh, Most damn games. Here we go. Uh, Let's break down the Thursday game. Uh, Washington taking on Dallas. Matt Franchise,
3: what do you got? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. So this game did not go as any of us expected. We kind of expected... Uh, Dallas had been playing so bad leading up to this but they came out they got ahead early on a special teams punt return Uh, the game script fell out of favor for the Redskins pretty much immediately that allowed Alfred Morris to get loaded up with volume 27 carries 127 yards and a touchdown 22 fantasy points I believe Uh, so he was probably on a lot of people's bench just because you know the, the the scripts hadn't been there in the past and he dominated. Uh, he dominated. Uh, Dak hurt his hand through for 102 yards and two touchdowns. One of those went to Dez. I believe one went to Jason Witten. Uh, Keep an eye on that Dak hand injury. Yeah, for yeah. sure. At least he has 10 days. I think it was like a bone on the top of his hand, and it was his throwing hand, but he played through it. So he's tough. Dez, 6 for 61 on seven targets and a touchdown. Uh, It was his second 12.1 standard points was his second best fantasy game of the season. So... You know, he hasn't had a crazy ceiling. We've talked about this. Cousins, uh, Kirk Cousins lost three turnovers in this game. I think it was two picks and one fumble. So, right yeah. there, that's minus six fantasy points. Sure. Uh, and the – Redskins offensive line just decimated by injuries. So Maje Pirine fell out of script for him. He also missed some snaps uh, in concussion protocol in the first half, came back in the game. And then Jamison Crowder, who we also thought might go off, just both of them were kind of disappointing.
2: Uh, there was just so many drops in that game. Yeah, for it was a side.
3: weird start.
2: I thought Kirk Cousins actually
4: played pretty well. He just got let down by some of his receivers there. Alright, yeah.
2: Minnesota taking on Atlanta. Alex
4: Galehart, what do you got? Uh, so big things. First off, Devonta Freeman came back, played 73% of the snaps, saw uh, Thirteen touches had a had a decent outing here with uh, eighty three yards, so that's uh, that's good to have him back in the mix there. I'll take it. Or eighty one yards? I can't do math. Excuse <clears throat> me. Uh, Latavius Murray is becoming an every week starter. I mean, he has been for a little while, but over the last four games, he's averaged over just over eighty rushing yards per game. He has four rushing touchdowns in that span, adding in a little bit of pass catching work as well. So he's got a great floor. The Jarek McKinnon narrative hit in this game with the Falcons bleeding uh, passing production to running backs, as we talked about. Right. got in the end zone on a receiving touchdown. Disappointing outing for uh, Thielen and Diggs, but I know, Harmon, you made the point in um, the Targets and Touches recap, which everybody should read, that this was just a hyper-efficient game from Case Keenum because, what was it, like four or five people tied with five targets? Four different people
5: had five targets. and Rudolph, the two receivers, they all had five targets, and Keenum was mostly just eating them up on short passes. Yeah,
4: Uh, it was a bad game for Matt Ryan at home, which is crazy, too. 173 yards passing, no touchdowns, no picks. Crazy. Uh, Vikings defense is good. And uh, yeah, I think the, I don't know really know what else there's to say about it. But Keenum, man, too, he, this wasn't even as high of a ceiling game—two twenty-seven and two touchdowns—but he's just basically an every week starter. Yeah, which is crazy to say. He and uh, him and Josh McCown. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> it's like what? What's happening here? I don't get it. LCH taking on
2: Cleveland. not Dallas, the
4: Browns. I think Dallas. you uh, you got some here? of last week's schedule in here. Did I?
5: Yeah, it's LCH versus Cleveland. Matt Harmon, what do you got? Wow, James, very professional. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Josh Gordon's obviously the big story in this game. Uh, but uh, J- David Njoku is somebody to watch uh, on the streaming radar as we finish up the season. I think he had over 60 yards and a touchdown today. Um, he's someone they're starting to play more, as they should. I mean, they do have a very interesting offensive setup there with Njoku, Coleman, and Gordon uh, in their passing game. That That is the Browns. And the Chargers just kind of keep – keep humming along and I think we know who the the fantasy guys are uh in that offense right now.
2: All right, Indianapolis. Did I get this one wrong too?
4: No, you're good no, to this you're one. Good. Okay. Jags. Jaguars. I think you're good the rest of the way actually. Oh, it's just a little little rough to start. All right, Indianapolis <laughs> take it on Jacksonville.
3: Matt franchise. Win Obviously the one matchup <laughs> where you would never in, in your right mind, start T.Y. Hilton against the Jags <laughs>
2: defense.
3: That's right. He scores a of touchdown course. on, a like, I think it was a 40-yard reception. Of course. Obviously. Then he finish yeah. with, like, 50 yards? 51 too, so. yards. So that was most of Don't beat production. yourself like, up about that one.
4: <sighs> yeah, but it's just like, yeah.
3: Yeah. Anyway. Uh,
4: that's fantasy.
3: Jacoby Brissett was a <laughs> disappointment. Obviously, you weren't starting him. Frank Gore had 13 for 61. He's still getting that, you know, low teens volume every game. Sure. Uh, he's had a safe four floor for the last f- five or six weeks because of that. On the Jacksonville side of the ball, Blake Bortles is a QB three right now for the week. Uh, 309 yards, two touchdowns. Happening? Uh, one went to Marquise <laughs> Lee, one went to Cole. <laughs> Keel- uh, Keenan, Keenan Cole, Cole Keenan baby. Cole.
2: Keenan Cole. And
3: then Leonard Fournette, 20 for 57 and a touch. So you know who you're starting in on Jacksonville. Carolina, uh, the uh, the Leonard Fournette injury status thing is just
2: something you're going to have to monitor all week yeah. throughout the rest of the year. Uh, Carolina at New Orleans. Alex Gilhart, what
3: do you got?
4: Uh, I mean there's not too much else to take from this game. We we talked uh, about the backfield. Michael Thomas got into the end zone, which was uh great, great to, to see, see for him. Yep. Oh my god. Uh so he his typical, you know, safe-ish floor of seventy to ninety yards, whatever, he hit and he got in the end zone. So hooray. Uh for the Panthers, Jonathan Stewart left with an injury briefly. He got in the end zone early. I don't think he returned from his injury actually, so we'll have to watch that. Mm. Uh Devin Funches, sixty yards and a touchdown. He continues to just, you know, be a beast for fantasy. Sure. Uh, but otherwise, this can't, this Panthers offense is starting to get worrisome right now with the injury injuries mounting, and uh, I don't know. I'm I'm concerned about them a little bit going forward.
5: Yeah, and they needed somebody to make a play like Devin Funches finally did. But, it was a great uh, play on his know,
4: touchdown, that catch on the sideline.
5: Yeah, he's having. I mean, he's been he's been good this year, absolutely. But like, just the lack of options outside of him was just painfully uh, apparent in this game.
2: Um, Denver taking on Miami, Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, they combined to go for three receptions on 17 <laughs> targets.
5: Gross.
2: What? 38 total yards between the two receivers of Manny Sanders and Demarius.
5: Yeah, Denver's offense is and has been broken for a while, uh, so I, I don't really know. Do you really want to mess around with with these cats? You know the the rest of the way. It's crazy
2: too because there was some optimism that Trevor Simeon would find
5: some connection again with Emmanuel Sanders,
2: but yeah. oh boy, nope. yeah,
5: it's it's he, that you're right. Those guys had shown a connection in the past, and and it was maybe something. but like they go they have the Jets, the Colts, and Washington to finish out the fantasy season. So you can kind of make an argument that there's definitely some some plus matchups in there, but. Not, not an ideal situation where you could feel very comfortable. Um, and Kenny Stills popped up for a big game for the Dolphins. 13 targets uh, led the team, and it wasn't even a Matt Moore game. <laughs> Which was it's surprising. Very shocking. Very surprising. Uh, but Kenny and Drake, definitely a nice find. I mean, this just, you know, volume over everything. Yeah. Uh, if it goes back to it goes back to my, my point from last podcast. Talent yeah.
4: agnostic.
2: <laughs>
5: a talent agnostic. Just, to, hey, is this guy going to <laughs> get the ball <laughs> a ton? Play him.
4: Which, and he did. He had an absurd amount of touches. Yeah, yeah Damian it, Williams was heard. And he had like 17 touches in the first half. Yeah,
3: that was uh, and too. Devontae Parker, one catch for five yards. Don't. He's not startable. No, he's not. Absolutely not.
2: Uh, Patriots taking on the Bills. Matt Franchise, what do you got?
3: Yeah, we kind of talked about all the Patriots. Uh, For the Bills, Tyrod Taylor got hurt, so keep an eye on that. LeSean McCoy still had 93 rushing yards, but, you know, it's just the Bills. Tyrod Taylor, when he was in there, he couldn't really get anything done. The Bills only scored three points. Uh, It was just kind of a disaster if you start any of the Bills. Not much to see here.
2: It is the battle of the bays. We talked about it a little bit here, but Peyton Barber twenty three carries one hundred forty one total yards for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay in Green Bay. Matt Hartman, what do you got?
5: Uh, yeah. I mean, I think we've kind of hit on the, the points of this game. But Peyton Barber is definitely the big story. And I mean, do the Bucks really go back to Doug Martin? I don't think they should.
3: Bar- no, Barber, no. Good. No. Barber looks game. good. Barber looks good. He's you wrote in waiver wire was the first hundred yard rushing game by a Bucks player back this season. all year. Yeah. Oh, Doug boy. Martin. What? Like what? What is he doing?
2: I don't know what happened. I, I thought he looked pretty good uh, in the preseason too. That's what yeah, was, me too. It was weird. Uh, Houston taking on Tennessee. Matt franchise, what do you got? Can we just talk about Jamal Williams real quick? Sure,
4: please. Yeah, no franchise wants to get on it.
3: <laughs> I want to talk about Jamal Williams. I'm sorry, pal. Go ahead. No, he looked really good. He made some incredibly tough runs, just I like so too. dragging defenders and plowing through piles. And he had a tough touchdown run. And Aaron Jones came back and scored that touchdown in, in overtime. overtime. Yeah. So now that kind of clouds things going forward. But that was his only touch of the game.
2: Yeah, I mean, he had, he came back sooner than anticipated. Aaron From a Jones knee injury. Did. Right. From a uh, knee
4: injury. So uh, as he starts to get healthier, I think they'll work him in yeah. uh, into the mix. But Williams he's done, cool has done well Williams. as the featured back. I mean, really he's, he's picking up tough yardage. He's shown a little bit in the passing game. And I think he's gotten better each week. He's yeah. gotten more and more carries and gotten more and more comfortable in the offense. There's I will a lot say of, this. There's a lot of haters out there. Uh,
2: kudos to the green bay scouting department i think because for them to be able to pick up not just one running back to fit this system yeah. but two running backs and they
4: needed them badly i they, tell you i tell you what man next next year that backfield combo of aaron jones and jamal williams might be pretty be, pretty nice for I sure say, i
2: mean i think it's I, uh, kudos to them because they found him late i mean you know it's not easy to to scout utep you know what I'm saying? That's so, right. So there you go. Uh, Houston taking on Tennessee in Tennessee. Matt Franchise, what do you got?
3: Uh, Marcus Mariota popped up here. He had a rushing touchdown and uh, I think one passing touchdown. I think he had 18 fantasy 18 to Walker points, which is like his best game in a, in a lot of weeks. Uh, has some decent matchups coming up, you know, if you're desperate. It's, it's not – it's just the Titans passing game isn't inspiring. Like – Everyone thought maybe Corey Davis would blow up the last few weeks with the Shard Matthews out. It hasn't happened. No, they got Uh, no chemistry, man. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, And then the running backs, Derrick Henry ripped off a uh, 75-yard rushing touchdown with less than a minute left. He popped the fourth (laughs) – I think fourth fastest speed by a ball carrier it all was. year by free next Free Derrick Henry, please. Please free Derrick Henry. 11 for 109 and a touch. Murray had 11 for 66. I know like, that that it's was clear to everyone.
2: I know that the Derrick Henry touchdown run was kind of like, you know, a little bit of fluke ish. Yeah. Uh, but can I just say that was a jaw dropping run it's to see a man of that size
4: yes <laughs> he's twice as big as some of the cornerbacks he was pulling away from that's yes
2: wh- that's what it is it's you're like dude th- what i'm not used to my eyes are not used to seeing this yes a mountain of a man dashing down the sideline as matt franchise said the fourth highest uh speed of the season yeah per next gen stats he's like pulling s- away from corners he's like six three two fifty Unbelievable! He's massive.
4: He was one of the most impressive people I've s- i seen when uh, he walked through the office when he was a rookie. Like they'd bring a lot of the guys through, you know, they're on the shows and stuff. And there was a moment where Marcus and I just he walked past and we looked at each other and then we started slacking because we didn't want to say <laughs> anything out loud. But it was like it was like oh my god, how is that a uh,
2: how is that a running
4: back a running back how is that a running back? He's built like a nose tackle. I mean, it's
2: just crazy. crazy. It's like, un- yeah, he's crazy. Yeah, it's unbelievable, man. And um, then
3: uh, just one. I just want to mention one thing about Houston real quick. Okay, Andre Ellington popped up. It might have something to do with a lot of injuries on the uh passing in the receiving core in te- uh, texas but he played 59 percent of the snaps and 77 percent of his snaps were from the slot and i think he had five catches so all right it might be like a deep league ppr ad andre ellington
4: i like it uh it's the rams it's the cardinals alex Gilhar, what do you got uh todd Gurley, just Phenomenal this year. I mean, as French as you put it in targets and touches, it was one of the quietest like 150-yard days of the season. Just yeah. like ah oh, ho hum. Here's 74 rushing yards. Here's 84 receiving yards. Let's yeah. give you the best floor ever. I oh, uh And speaking of floors, Larry Fitzgerald, all the volume in this offense, in in non-terrible matchups. I mean, he went 10 for 10 for 98 and a touchdown. It was great. Blank uh, Gabber
2: came crashing back to earth.
4: Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Kerwin-Williams is a name to keep an eye on. He's probably more of a handcuff. Uh, we don't know Adrian Peterson's status, and it was just kind of surprising the Rams' run defense had been playing better, but Kerwin-Williams just kept finding big spaces to roam against him. Don't know if that's going to continue moving forward if Peterson is out, but just does somebody watch. And then uh, Cooper Cup had a solid game, 5 for 68, and Sammy Watkins surprisingly got in the end zone, was shattered by Patrick Peterson for much of the game. But – His uh, touchdown was a nice little design play where they put him on a drag route, and Patrick Peterson was not on him, and then he just, not sure if you're aware, but Sammy Watkins is pretty fast, so (laughs) he was able to get in the end zone. Yeah, I mean,
2: he just, I mean, literally just ran clear across the field, like, horizontally, and just was like, all right, see you later, bye.
5: Um, It's the Giants, it's the Oakland Raiders. Matt Harmon, what do you got? I mean, you're in the wilderness with with the Giants for the rest of the year, and, uh, Good luck with that. I mean, it's it's Ingram and Shepard. Those are the only two guys I think you should really be considering. Did Shepard do anything? He had like over 50 yards, six, oh, did he? six targets, which was fine in his, in his first game back. Um, oh,
2: you know what it was? He, he wasn't doing anything for almost the entire game, and at the very, very end popped up, up with one big one. Which is pretty
5: much like, oh, you're going
4: to have to – Darqua got 14 carries and fell into the end zone, but he did. 32 yards. Neat.
5: Um, And then in, in Oakland, <laughs> I mean, I think you're ho- – Crabtree <laughs> comes back this this week, maybe Cooper, maybe not, Uh, but just monitor those guys.
2: All right, there you go.
5: Sunday Night Football,
2: Philadelphia at Seattle. Uh, excuse me, uh, Franchise, what do you got?
5: Uh, Mike Davis
3: uh, mentioned him. He's a waiver pickup. He looked good. Uh, the Eagles' side of the ball, the the backfield, Jay Ajayi led with nine carries for thirty five yards. Mm. And then uh, Blunt had eight carries for 26 yards. It's just a weird backfield. It's just – I was disappointed by – It wasn't a game for the running backs. I was absolutely disappointed by the game plan that Philadelphia had
2: come in with. It was so conservative in the first half. Yes. I didn't understand it. Yes. It wasn't the Eagles offense that, that we had come accustomed to seeing for, you know, 11 games or whatever it was. It was just so conservative. Um, I didn't understand what the hell they did uh, in the first half. And then the second half they opened it up a little bit and yeah. it was a little bit more uh, of a competitive game. But I don't know. I don't know. To me, I don't
4: take very much away from what I saw in that game. Aguilar blew up. Zach Ertz's injury is something we're going to need to watch. Uh, That's a good point. He left the game. Was it a concussion or a neck injury? It was a head injury injury of some kind. So um, he, he Trey Burton, maybe. yeah, he didn't come back, but uh, that, that'd be a big loss for that offense if they don't have him for sure.
5: All right, let's close out your show with a round of daily
4: daps. <laughs>
5: okay. By here. the way, I think franchise and I have to run. We forgot we have to do something this morning, so we have to go do that now. Oh, oh bye. bye. My
3: daily daps is All season right. one of Stranger Things, which I finally finished.
4: All right, well, James, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll have some daily daps. I
5: like it, Alex Gellar. What do you got?
4: Uh, well, first <laughs> off, I have to dap uh, the turf guy from the Big Ten championship. Did you see? What oh, was happening? Oh
2: my god. Let's get into that, please. Because
4: this was one of the most fascinating, like, sporting things I think I've watched in the last, like, decade. Because, so for those that this didn't watch it. This poor guy. Well, the Big Ten Championship uh, was the Wisconsin Badgers <laughs> and Ohio State Buckeyes. They played at Lucas Oil Stadium, uh, and in instead Indiana. of, like, because it's the turf, they just laid new turf over it and had, like, industrial-strength Velcro, which is something they do plenty, I think, to keep it down. But on a goal-line stand, somebody's cleats got in and ripped it up. So, like, the turf was folding up. Yes. The pellets were everywhere. Everywhere. And there's just one man with a bucket of pellets who's, like, their turf expert. It's one guy. going to town, like, (laughs) scooping out pellets, like, (laughs) placing it down. It was fascinating because they couldn't go to a TV timeout for the whole thing, so they... Gus Johnson and I forget Joel Klatt, I think he was You're with. Trying to fill. To, Dean Blandino was yeah, filling. They're like, they had Blandino coming in commentating on it. They've got the sideline reporters trying to find out more. This guy, and like, it's just an ISO camera on this one guy <laughs> going to town on the turf. I was, I was like, I could not stop so stressed laughing. Out. It was so funny. It was so stressed and, out. Like, dude. just all the parts of it. And also, I'm like, why is nobody else helping him? Like, that's what this I'm saying. field staff has to have more people here than late, late in the episode, some guy with a rake comes out. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> ten, 10 minutes later, a guy with a rake comes out? I'm like, bro, where were you before? What, was everybody on break? Were well, like, what's oh, happening? We're good? It was... I, I, I clipped off a short video of it because it was just... I could not stop laughing. Oh but my it God. was one of the most bizarre, entertaining things <sighs> I've seen in, in, like, that's not... I don't Sports, know if this is in, in a sporting event. I don't know if this in
2: your clip, but so just to just to kind of clarify, what this guy, what this groundskeeper guy is doing, he's literally pulling up this each individual strands. Of the turf to make it stand up higher and then trying to fill in the base with that black pebble stuff, right? And it's like he's just on his knees, just picking at the at the
4: like, carpet. Like, it almost looks like he's like playing piano kind yes. of like because that's what I got. They had a close-up of his hands, and I was my joke was like, Look at his technique. Like we're all witnessing
1: greatness. What's that guy happening? had more pressure on him than anybody in the game. No doubt. It <laughs> no was, doubt. That's what like the whole thing. The entire was stadium. In all the national audience. Focused in on this poor guy, and this was like this, this it's a big game. You're you're late in the game, and both teams. It's the Big championship. Two game. top ten teams. Yes, potentially. It's most for
4: Wisconsin. Yes, it was the most competitive of like the championship games all weekend. It was kind of a disappointing one for that. So and like it's a close game, and this guy is just oh my at, God. and it was at the goal line too. It wasn't yes. like some random nope. corner of the field. It Was like it was the, the m- most important and part. Right in the middle of the goal. Right line in the middle well. of the right goal in the middle line. Of, Unbelievable. So if you missed it, just Google like Turf Guy, and I'm sure there are more write ups. Dude, and did it you uh, fast? Th- the
2: last thing I'll say about it... Did you did you catch where in part of that it's like maybe like seven, eight minutes, maybe ten minutes into it or something, he gets a call or like a somebody tries to like, you know, page him inside of his earpiece. Yeah. And he like has the quickest exchange ever. He talks into his little mic that's clipped onto his Uh shirt. And it's like he says like two or three words and you're like, dude, I know what that was. In his ear, some Freaking supervisor who's not doing a damn thing nope. is probably paging down to him up the, and saying Up in the box Up like, in the box Drinking a beer, eating it, some snacks. He's got a diet Pepsi in his hand, pages down to this poor schmuck and says, How close are you? <laughs> Bro, don't you think this guy knows how close he is? It was Leave him alone. I,
4: I can't I it just it was remarkable. So I have to give a daily depth to that guy and the whole episode. And then uh, I can't
2: tell you how many times I, I rewinded
4: that. Oh, I c I couldn't stop watching. I people texted me, some people were like, This is boring. I'm like, I've never been more fascinated I, in my the, life. The human emotion of it all. I just I love the it. stakes.
1: How about, how the, about st- the Dr. Pepper <laughs> challenge? You know, one of one of the problems I have with this Doctor Pepper <laughs> challenge at halftime is the, the chess pass into
2: because it's the smartest I, way to go I,
4: understand but like, it. Let's, let's, I know but
1: let's just throw it like a like a football all right I know? It. it's I faster
4: it. though I, it makes it really awkward and and to watch but it is the smarter way to do it, it so I, I respect way. the strategy they, 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 gamed the it,
2: they gamed it but no you're right it's like
4: when people got mad at that guy in jeopardy who started just randomly picking things on the board to try and find the daily doubles the daily double, yeah because yeah, they, they they would always <laughs> typically be in the higher things and you never know so like Going straight through the categories as most Jeopardy traditionalists would do. Right. People were calling this guy like the Jeopardy like terrorist for a while because he'd, be <laughs> like, he'd get in, he'd be like, uh, yeah, uh, sticks for 800 all right, I want to go to J words for 1200 and people will be like, what are you doing? And he's just trying to find the daily doubles. Yeah. I, and So I respect I, it. I respect yeah. the strategy. <laughs> I don't think I have anything else. I had to talk about I, turf guy though. Why
2: did we do this here? I don't know. I love it. Um, I was going to daily dap uh, the two, the two gentlemen that just left. Uh, oh yeah. They, they made their NFL network debut as the fantasy hipsters, not their network debut, but their debut as the hipster this season for, uh, for this season for, well, actually no, really for NFL fantasy, fantasy live. live. Correct. Yes. Uh, they had been on fantasy and friends last year RIP and <laughs> that was a uh, a terrific segment uh, there as well they got they actually got nominated that segment did didn't they last year they're for hipsters? a Fiancy
4: award one of them yeah i think they did they got nominated like for a video uh, segment fsta, FSTA video segment yeah something. for one of the hipsters uh, ones it,
2: so it it had done well and it, it's rare to see that by the way uh, something hit so well uh, so early on in the process with two guys that i mean quite frankly they're great at their jobs but they're not they're not professional broadcasters right oh. so uh, for them to be able to to do that is pretty cool, and uh, the hipster thing that made its debut on Fantasy Live it's this is Very one, funny. Oh my
4: God! We'll, we have the video clipped off. Well, I'll be sure to tweet it out. And it you was. It, as well. totes. it was so funny. So it was a good one too, I think, for them. Like, what helped was they were able to craft their stuff a little more ahead of time, because Fantasy and Friends was actually live, so they would have their brief segment to do it. Yeah. This one, they had a little more pre production time, could yeah. workshop their jokes, get the sure, timing sure. down. It was up the jokes, yes. Anyways, daily daps to them because, uh, man, that stole
2: the show. I absolutely loved it, and I can't wait for you guys to retweet that because uh, it was very well done, very well done. Producer Chris, what do you got?
1: You know what? I kind of want to undaps this college football playoff. I I saw Joe Thomas tweet something on Saturday, and I think it made a ton of sense. There's five power conferences, right? Yes. The conference champion should be in the playoffs. There should be three, quote-unquote, wild card teams because – What's the purpose of UCF being undefeated if they can't even compete for a national championship? And as a matter of fact, I of, just don't I, understand I, I, it.
2: I do, I do, I, I'm against an eight team, but I'm for a six team. So give the the like in the NFL, you know yeah. what I mean? Like give the two, top two two seeds a bye. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Then get
4: one at large kind of. Yeah, exactly. Bid. The best
2: the best of the at larges, and again, uh, and I, I and I think it should be the best of the non-power fives. So that way, those those folks feel like they actually have a have chance. a chance. Yeah, that could be interesting. In yeah,
1: you know. But I just, I mean, the fact that USC can't compete in a playoff after winning the Pac twelve, How about Ohio State. They, what, well, oh, and imagine how awesome. An 18 playoff would be this year with USC and Ohio State in the mix with the, an undefeated UCF maybe as the A C seed playing Clemson. I just think that they need to figure this out because I don't think it's rocket science. I'm gonna
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna rage against the SEC uh, very quickly. Obviously, I went to the Pac 12 guys, so there's that built-in rivalry. But let me just say this, man: like the this whole false narrative of look at how many championships we've won for the SEC. This is like me playing poker and saying, look at how good I am at poker, and I keep getting dealt aces. and Every single hand I'm going to get an ace, and look at how good I am playing poker. If you keep putting multiple SEC teams into a playoff, guess what? You're stacking the odds in their favor over and over and over again. It's absolutely mind-boggling to me. That they keep doing this and, and,
1: and it just feeds into itself. And James, Alabama gets it's rewarded. It's a feedback loop. They get rewarded for playing Mercer in <laughs> middle of November. I it's mean, so these long. SEC teams don't play an extra conference game. The Pac-12 does. So essentially, SC gets punished for going to Notre Dame, and Alabama gets rewarded for playing Mercer in November.
2: And oh by the way, I mean look at how many if you if you follow college football and, you know, obviously people get pretty passionate about it. But the other thing, it's like How many how many SEC home games can you possibly get? Like, Jesus, man! Like, go on the road, face some of these teams on the
3: road a little bit,
4: man. That's why I would be I would be like the eighteen playoff. Maybe not perfect, but it would just be fun to see some of these conference powerhouses play each other at the end of the year, like. Let's get Ohio State. And let's let's get the Badgers. Have the have them take their defense and go play one of these SEC teams or yeah. something my too. My are going to get absolutely lit up right now. <laughs> whatever, <fine>. whatever. <laughs> whatever, whatever, man. They needs to I'm, be fixed. I am ready to defend. Something needs to be said. I need to. I'm ready to defend my position. The the old BC the old BCS thing with just the one national championship wasn't a great system. No, that wasn't. This current college playoff system with this committee and eye tests and whatever not a great system. They need to figure out something better. It should not be that hard.
2: I think like the four the team the four team to me is is you know. I th- I'm okay with it overall, but the fact that the SEC is just de facto just going to have one of those spots, it's like, again, you're playing poker, you're de facto just going to get an ace. That's To me, that's uh, troublesome, you know? So, whatever. Anyways. Let's the show. That's <laughs> the show. Turf guy. <laughs> <laughs> for the Kid from Wisconsin, Alex Kellar, for producer Chris, Matt Harmon, Matt Franchise, I'm James Kell.
0: We'll see you. See
2: you later.
0: Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
1: When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night.
3: Mini-golf, anyone?
1: It's a Camry vibe. The all-new,
0: all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places.